your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This latest edition of the Locked on Stars podcast brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Happy Thursday, everyone. I'm Josh Clark, the Dallas correspondent at NHL.com. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Kenneth Nash. And Kenneth and I, by the time we're done recording this, Kenneth, we could have had this episode up about 20 minutes earlier because after planning this morning and then sitting around for 20 minutes talking about Dallas Cowboys, talking about a little bit of everything else, fantasy football, the NFL schedule for this week, a little bit of hockey here and there, uh, we kind of came to the conclusion of, I, I asked the question, are you ready? And he said, yeah, are you ready? I said, yeah. And we're like, oh, I've been ready. Well, we both have. So... A perpetual state of readiness. Yes, a perpetual state of readiness. That's what we boast here at the Lockdown Stars podcast. But regardless, we were ready, and now we're really ready, and we're diving right in. So, Kenneth, we have have a fun episode here today at the Lockdown Stars podcast, episode 146. Kenneth, I cannot believe we've made it this far. Um, again, 2020 is just a total uh, warp. Just a total... Uh, it's like a, all, a parallel universe. Yeah, you don't really know what to expect. And at the same point, you expect everything. Um, but <laughs> at, at, at the same point, it's crazy that we've made it this far. It's crazy all that we've been through since starting this podcast up in early February. Once again, just want to thank all of our listeners, all of our supporters for continuing to follow along, continuing to promote us, continuing to subscribe, and continuing to overall just support us and... Help us keep going, Kenneth. It makes it makes these episodes so much more fun when we know that we have such a dedicated uh, fan base and listener base. As Kenneth said the other day, we've already gotten to 400 Twitter followers, and that's about 380 more than we had when we started a few months ago. So that's a nice spike. The listenership's been way up since the return to play. And it's all good vibes here, Kenneth. Good vibes on this Thursday morning. But we, as I said, we've got a good show today. We're going to talk about a couple of different things, uh, specifically in terms of UFAs and specifically in terms of Dallas Stars UFAs. Kenneth Matias Janmark will talk about his departure, how the Stars will end up filling his void, or not, not necessarily how they will, because we obviously don't know that until it actually happens, but how they could fill the void left by Matias Janmark, who signed a one-year deal with the Chicago Blackhawks a few days ago. And then we'll also talk about Corey Perry and another name that's still on the UFA market, a veteran from the Pacific Division that our good friend Sean Shapiro mentioned the other day as a potential fit for the Dallas Stars. We'll debate that. We'll talk more about that later on in the show. But to start, Ken, let's talk about Matthias Janmark for a little bit because I guess it was Monday morning that Janmark signed with Chicago. Was it Monday or Sunday? It was Monday because Sunday was uh, Radic Fox's signing and Joel Lesperant signing. Right. So I, I believe it was Monday. But just a few days ago, Matthias Janmark signs over in Chicago on a one-year deal. And going into the offseason, Kenneth, you know, Jim Neal had said that we've talked with his agent. Looks like he's going to test the market. But more than anything, it just seemed as though they weren't going to have the cap space to bring him back. Stars were already working on a flat cap and a tight cap at that 
trying to re-sign Radic Foxa, Rope Hintz, Dennis Gryanov, Anton Hudobin, the likes, and that equating for the majority of their salary, Kenneth, in the majority of their cap. So Jan Mark getting the one-year deal in Chicago, moving on. But this is a guy that built his NHL career in Dallas, Kenneth. This is a guy that started as a rookie in 2015-16. He was initially a draft pick of the Detroit Red Wings in the third round of the 2013 NHL entry draft. Got traded to Dallas in March of 2015 in exchange for Eric Cole at the deadline. And then scores his first goal in his first NHL shift on opening night against the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2015. Has a really good, yes, Kenneth Kenneth and I were there to witness it as well. Um, and then, you know, has a good, has a really good rookie season, Kenneth, not only in the regular season, but in the playoffs as well. The stage certainly doesn't look too big for him. The lights certainly don't look too bright. Then in 2016-17, misses the entire season due to osteochondritis desiccans, which is a rare, uh, did you did you get that, Kenneth? I got that right on the first try. I got that. Right <laughs> I've on the first seen like every. I've heard it. Obviously, heard it in in relation to him. But every time I hear it, it just like is mind boggling because I have no idea what it is. Yes. Like I just don't even understand it. Well, uh, from the Mayo Clinic, osteochondritis desiccans is a joint condition in which bone underneath the cartilage of a joint dies due to lack of blood flow. This bone and cartilage can then break loose, causing pain and possibly hindering joint motion. So Jan Mark suffering from that. Uh, having surgery on it, which was a successful surgery, but his NHL career even was in doubt at that point, Kenneth. Uh, I think if if memory serves correctly, Jim Neal had said that uh, it would be like a 70% or 80% chance of full recovery or something like that. He ends up having the full recovery, getting back on, or missing the entire 16-17 season, coming back for 17-18, and having his best season as a star, Kenneth. He was a 19-goal scorer under Ken Hitchcock, uh, 34 points that season. And ends up having a really good year, looking once again like a top six option of the future for the Stars. But then in the past two seasons, offense drops off a bit, but it's it's picked up, the slack's picked up by solid defensive play, Kenneth, penalty killing, uh, good puck possession, still showing off that speed and showing off that elusiveness that he's become so well known for. But in the end, Kenneth, the cap just wasn't working in the Stars' favor to re-sign number 13. As a result, he goes to Chicago. And now the stars have a void to fill, Kenneth. Yeah, they do. It, it's we talked about Jan Mark on multiple occasions being a player that the stars wanted to bring back. This was a guy they would, if they had, if they had the space, they would. I think they would have brought him back. Uh, Rick Bonus was a big fan of him. Um, what he could do as a two-way forward, especially with, with his ability to uh, uh, kill penalties, like Josh said. So this is a guy that the stars wanted to bring back. And, and when you've got that kind of player, that's because they're making an impact in one or two or more areas of the game. And Jan Mark falls in that category. Like you said, he's a, he was a penalty-killing forward. Uh, he had some speed. He was good on the breakaway. Uh, struggled a little bit with the end product, but we've seen him score goals before. So you, there's, there's a belief that there's something in there, maybe a little bit more than what we were seeing over the past couple of years. Yeah. So, so that type of player, who was a, a productive player for the Stars, a good depth forward, now that type of player, the role they filled, like you said, is uh, it needs it's got there's a void. There's uh, the stars are going to look for somebody to, to create like that, somebody along those lines. The problem is it's inc- it's incredibly hard to find cheap two way forwards 
that also have a history of goal scoring, right? It's it's John Mark is one of the few that was out there, and so the stars and with with a limited cap space, the stars are going to have to look internally. And uh, so the question is, do they have somebody internally that can fill it all or at least most of that role that Matias John Mark was filling? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you you get into that uh, debate on just how valuable he was to this team, and he's one of those guys that did a lot of things that did not show up on the score sheet, Kenneth. As we said, you know, skated a lot of time shorthanded. I think he was one of the top uh, five forwards in terms of shorthanded minutes during the playoffs this year. I'm sorry, he was actually top three forwards. Only Jason Dickinson and Blake Como ended up skating more shorthanded time than Matias in his 26 playoff games. Skated a total of 52-34 of shorthanded time. That's an average of just about two minutes per game. Um, also, I, I did some research while you were talking, Kenneth. It was an 80% chance at full recovery for Jan Mark from that surgery back in 1617 uh, per Jim Nil way back when. That was a strange offseason in and of itself, Kenneth. One of the quietest offseasons by the Dallas Stars, but after your Central Division champions, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot that needs to be fixed, and then the Stars don't make the playoffs the next year. Wacky how that yep. works. But regardless, that is the, uh, that's always the risk. Yeah, that's right? always the risk at, at staying quiet. But, anyways, back to Jan Mark. Obviously, we know him as a solid penalty killer, a great two way forward kid that's really strong on the defensive side. When he's in the offensive zone, might not have the best finishing touch, but certainly a really good puck possessor can create for his line mates. We always, I mean, I always think back to the Jan Mark Pavelski Radulov line that was one of the most consistent lines for the Stars down the stretch in the regular season and at points of the playoffs when they were together in terms of puck possession and creating offensive zone time and sustaining offensive zone time. So missing that, missing that speed from Janmark that, you know, if he gets loose on a breakaway can really, of of course, the scoring touch needs to be added into here, Kenneth, as well. But getting loose on breakaways, you know, really creating in transition and on the rush as well. So, a couple things lost in the in the Janmark departure for sure that the Stars are going to need to fill. And we're going to talk about how they might go about filling Janmark's role, filling his spot on that left wing. Talk plenty more about that right around the corner when the Locked on Stars podcast continues in a moment. Stick with us. Before we step away from the best-selling authors of The Daily Stoic comes the ultimate stoicism guide to success resilience and virtue to accept what you cannot control and adapt to what you can sports teams across the country are applying this popular philosophy by using stoicism's key idea you control how you respond and play you don't control what the refs or fans do or how the ball bounces it's about what you did to adapt lives of the stoics the art of living from zeno to marcus aurelius is available now wherever books are sold And we welcome you back here at the Locked on Stars podcast. Happy Thursday, everybody. Kenneth, it's a very dreary day here in Dallas, which is interesting because it was <laughs> dreary. It, was, it is dreary. I, I mean, I will, I will even, <laughs> I'll show you over Facetime after this. It's very gray skies outside, but it's quiet. It, it's it brings that peaceful element to it, and it's not hot. Yesterday it was ninety-two degrees here, very hot for mid-October. But now yeah. we're, we're we're dealing with nicer temperatures, quieter day. And certainly, uh, it's a great day to talk Dallas Stars hockey, Kenneth. Every day is a great day to talk Dallas Stars hockey, though, in my mind, at least. Yeah, it's uh, it's not dreary here, but it's been the weather's been nice. It's been like in the never really getting above the mid eighties here, which has been really really <sighs> nice. Wish. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we talk about the weather more often than not on this podcast, at least for a little bit. We try to fit it in. I think because we're in 
we're in such different areas. That's true. Like, yes, yes. Even though we're only we're only six hours away, but it's still such a a vast contrast in terms of temperature and humidity. Um, I, I remember that from the old Mississippi days. But anyways, enough about the weather. We're not meteorologists. We're here to talk about hockey, specifically Dallas Stars hockey. We're talking more about Matthias Janmark, his departure to the Chicago Blackhawks, the void it leaves. Uh, you know, our good friend Sean Shapiro from The Athletic, Kenneth, had a one-on-one with Rick Bonus the other day, posted the story. If you haven't read it yet and you're subscribed to The Athletic, make sure to go check it out. If you're not subscribed, make sure to go subscribe and then check it out. But ask he asked Rick Bonus about what the team is going to miss of Janmark, what his memories will be with working with Janmark. He said, you know, I enjoyed my time with Matias very much. He was a very big part of the team. His goal production wasn't what anyone wanted. He had some great opportunities. But that being said, he did a lot of good things to help this team get into the finals, to help them get into the playoffs. And he did a lot of the little things you need players to do to help you win. I'll miss him. I really enjoyed my time with him. So as we mentioned, Kenneth, he did a lot of the little things that don't show up on the score sheet. He did a lot of good things for this team, especially in the defensive zone and especially on shorthanded time. But now they have to fill that void, Kenneth. And on the bright side, it seems as though from a, a, a potential, a first look, they already have one player or a couple of players waiting in the ranks ready to fill that void and so let's talk about Yoel Kiviranta for a minute and how he might end up filling that spot pretty nicely, that Matthias Janmark spot. Yeah, Yoel Kiviranta obviously burst onto the scene this postseason uh, after making a, a handful of appearances for the Stars during the regular season, 24-year-old from Finland. For anybody who wanted a little bit of a refresher on uh, Kiviranta, he, of course, had that uh, Game 7 hat-trick, including the overtime winner against the Colorado Avalanche to send the he Stars did? to the Western Conference Finals. He did. Oh. In case you did not know, he earned himself a uh, a, awesome. uh, a pretty famous nickname. Um, that we're not allowed that to share on this go- podcast. Yeah, yep. but uh, it's the initials of, uh, of a former president. Yes. And we'll just leave it at that. Yes. Um, and so, uh, but if you look at his, if you look at his kind of his NHL careers to this point, he's got um, in the playoffs, he's got seven points in fourteen games, including or sorry, six points in fourteen games, including five goals. He's a plus seven in the playoffs during the regular season. He had one goal in eleven appearances. Um, he's he's obviously when you, when you kind of look at him in comparison to Matthias Janmark. A little bit more of a, a an offensive presence, a little bit more of a goal scorer. Um, he at least has those traits. Obviously, it's, we're talking about a very very small sample size, but yeah. he has a little bit more of that that style. He he clearly shows a knack for finding space in the in the uh, offensive zone. And what's interesting is he he does it in a very different way. He he generates a lot of his offense on set offensive plays. Um, or, or, or at least a sustained possession, and he gets into the right spot. Or we see Matthias Janmark a lot of the time it creates his his chances or other people's chances um, on rushes into the zone, on on you know odd man rushes and stuff like that. So a little bit different dynamic, but a similar player, high energy, works hard. He's a pretty good two way forward. Um, he, the, the the kind of the consensus thought on him is that he does a lot of the small things really well. Um, kind of the the nuanced parts of the game yeah. he does well. Uh, and then he, he, he's got a little bit of a physical edge to him as well, which we've seen Matias Janmark have from time to time. Uh, he, he's, he's not a massive guy, but we've seen him go head to head with 
some uh, some of the biggest bruisers in the postseason. He, he he liked laying a couple hits. Yeah. And uh, a couple times his forecheck created a couple opportunities. One uh, one in particular created a goal for the Dallas Stars. I believe it was against the Vegas. Um, so he's a he's a different type of player, but in the same vein, a similar type of player. It's it's kind of a strange. I know that's kind of a cop out to say it like that, but that's what he is. He's, yeah, he does yeah, a yeah. lot of the similar things to what Matias Janmark does, but he excels in different areas. I guess is what I'm getting at. Similar player, different different strength though. When you look at what what he does versus what Matias Janmark did, right? Absolutely, and you know, you look at the two of them, especially in terms of. I mean, even if you're looking at at just the basics, Kenneth Matias Janmark six one one ninety six pounds. You'll keep your on to 5'11", 180 pounds. So a little bit of a smaller player, but once again, has the speed, as we mentioned, like Matias Janmark in the playoffs, really came alive. Not as much of a creator, Kenneth. Only one assist in those 14 playoff games. But yeah. as we said, five goals. And Kenneth, just for reference sake, Yoel Kiviranta had five goals in 14 playoff games. Meanwhile, Matias Janmark had six goals in 62 regular season games. And so... The average is there in terms of a scoring forward, definitely in favor of Kiviranta. Both guys got more physical, especially in the playoffs. Janmark finishing the playoffs with 13 block shots and 36 hits. Kiviranta with 8 block shots and 37 hits in 12 less games. And so Kiviranta certainly brings those aspects. You know, he's not as much of a penalty-killing forward as the as as Matias Janmark was you know in his 14 games with the team he only ended up skating 32 seconds of shorthanded time so definitely not in the penalty killing ranks but doesn't mean he can't grow into that role as well Kenneth on the flip side though he does play power play he played power play during the playoffs as well with the stars skated on the second unit a couple times and as a result like you said similar players but also differences in terms of the shorthanded time, you're already good. You have a surplus of shorthanded forwards in Jason Dickinson, Blake Como, Andrew Cogliano, and Radic Foxa, just to name your top four. Joe Pavelski also, Rope Hintz, even Tyler Sagan can kill, can kill penalties as well. So you're well set up to, it seems as though the Stars are well set up to fill this void going into next season. Yeah, and I'd be interested to see if Joachim Ranta can develop a little bit of a penalty killing side to his game, whether he's a regular in a long term or whether he, you know, he just he, he's kind of their one of their alternate options. Uh, he seems to have some of those traits. You know, he, he doesn't mind being physical. He's a very very high energy player. Um, he's willing to get you know get in the shooting lanes. He's willing to uh, to mix it up a little bit. So. I'd be interested to see if he can kind of develop into that potentially. Maybe, like I said, even if it's just an alternative, right? Because you don't just want two penalty-killing units of, of forwards. You want you want more than that. You want more guys that can kill, so you can continue to turn over those those uh, those groups as much as you can. So if he if he can be an alternative, I think that probably lessens the uh, the impact of losing Janmark because I think he makes up for it offensively. And you talked about he's not quite as much of a creator. The key will be who is he paired with if he's in, assuming he's in the starting lineup regularly, which I think at this point uh, he will be at least to open the year. Who is he paired with? Because if you look at some of the t- times Janmark was creating, there was still a lack of goal scoring on some of the the lower lines, especially like that fourth line or yeah. uh, you know wherever Janmark was skating. So if you replace Janmark with a little bit more of a goal scorer, can some of those other you know line mates start creating a little bit more? We'll see. Um, he brings a different dynamic, but it's not so much that you go, we'd rather have Yoel Kiviranta than Matias Janmark. It's, we've got Yoel Kiviranta 
on this on this entry level contract, and then Matthias Janmark is going to cost us two and a half million dollars. The trade off we need to save the money to go after other players, so we take Yoel Kiviranta, see if we can develop him. Still just twenty four, just <laughs> less than thirty games into his NHL career. So there's more growth to be had there. I think he's a fun player to watch. I think he's going to be an interesting player to watch next season, and we'll see how he kind of fills that void. But I think he is the guy to do that for the Stars, at least to open the season. Yeah, absolutely. And as we said, it, it all goes into the flat cap. It all goes into the pandemic, kind of having to to. Not necessarily cut corners, but having to adapt to the reality of the situation. And that's what Jim Nill and that's what the Dallas Stars are trying to do right now. Yoel Kiviranta seems to be, as he said, as he showed in the playoffs, Ken, it seems to be a reliable NHL option going forward that can fill some of those aspects for Matthias Janmark, can even improve on some of those aspects that Matthias Janmark wasn't necessarily at his best at. But certainly losing Matthias Janmark, as, as Rick Bonus said, as the players and coaching staff will tell you, not a fun thing. They would have enjoyed bringing Janmark back because they have enjoyed having him here and him doing all the all that he did for this franchise for the first, uh, I guess, if you take out the 16-17 season, the first four seasons of his NHL career. And so we'll see how that develops. Of course, this all matters on once the season actually begins and how the roster shapes out, which there's still plenty to decide on that, Kenneth, including... We'll have to see if Jim Nill's done in the UFA market or not. And we'll talk more about potential UFA options out there if the Stars could fit them, why the Stars might fit them. We'll talk more about that right around the corner when the Lockdown Stars podcast continues in a moment. Before we step away for our second break, we've talked about Built Bar being the best tasting protein bar ever. We've talked about them returning at and even building, even getting better with their game. Goats get better. Built Bar got better. And they are the goat of protein bars. They're back with six new flavors. Caramel brownie cookies and cream. Cherry barcia. Lemon almond cheesecake. Carrot cake and apple almond crisp. That's on top of their 12 original flavors. Including our favorite here at the Locked On Stars podcast. Banana nut bread. Oh, it's my favorite bar. It's Josh's absolutely. favorite bar. But they've got so many good original flavors too. German chocolate. Peanut butter. Mint brownie. Double chocolate. Orange. Coconut, peanut butter, brownie. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate, Josh. 100% chocolate for a protein bar. And you go, okay, well then is it really a protein bar? It is. These bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. If you're looking to lose or maintain weight, but you want to indulge in a delicious treat, Built Bars are the way to go. You want to test one of those, see how healthy these bars actually are. Covered in 100% chocolate, a reminder... The Coconut Almond Bar, 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Right now, our listeners can go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and get 20% off their next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And we're back here at the Locked On Stars podcast, wrapping up this Thursday edition. Kenneth, it's almost Friday. It's almost Friday. It is. I've so I've been way off on like my days uh, this week. Like, I have. Too I've been for like a whole very year. off on like what days. Like I think yesterday I kind I thought it was. Uh, I yesterday I thought it was Thursday all day long. Don't know well, why. Well, that's only one Thursday, day. That's long. respect. If you had thought yesterday but was like Tuesday, Sunday and you're like Tuesday, I thought it was Wednesday all day long. Like I was just you're you're just a day off. off. So today's well, Friday. I think what it is, so I didn't. 
I didn't. I wasn't at work Monday because I was coming back from vacation. That offsets. And so yep. like, it was. But it's weird because I Monday all all day Monday I thought it was Sunday. Right. Even though I knew it was Monday, and I just watched football all day Sunday. But then yeah, you go too. to Tuesday, and then I accelerated the week. So it's like I want to take a four day week and turn it into a three day week. I oh. think. Well, hey, I I <laughs> I like the sound of three day weeks. Those sound fun. Uh, we should yeah. we should investigate that. See see what we can make out of it. But anyways, uh, moving back to the topic at hand, Dallas Stars off season well underway. Just about a week underway now, Kenneth. Uh, you know, fr- last Friday started it off with a bang, re-signing Anton Dudobin to a three-year deal. Saturday, you signed Mark Pesic to a one-year deal at 750k. Then Sunday, you get Radic Foxa locked up long-term. And you also signed Joel Lesperance. And now, as Jim Nils said on Monday, Kenneth, it's really Rope Hans, Dennis Gryanov, and then now this is this was Jim Nils' words on Monday, Kenneth. He said that's about it in terms of the offseason. So they've got Hanson Gryanov that still need contracts signed. Oh, Kenneth has a Kenneth has an epiphany. What do we got? Well, I was going to say those are we're going to get into this, but those were also similar words to what we heard before the Stars signed Mark Pesic. True. So this is very true as well. <laughs> um so he said, you know, we like where we're at. We're in a good spot. Our goaltending's taken care of, our back end's taken care of once we get the two RFAs being Rope Hanson and Dennis Gryanov signed up. That's pretty well going to be it for us. We'll keep an eye on the market. So you added that disclaimer, Kenneth. We'll keep an eye on the market. Free agency still going on. It's been very slow. There's still teams that have to move players, so we'll see if there's an opportunity there or not. We'll keep an eye on it, but there's nothing time-wise we have to get done that there's a deadline on. So now, Kenneth, we have to we have to shift back here. Um, because our good friend Sean Shapiro at The Athletic mentioned... On Wednesday, he tweeted out random Wednesday thought. Thornton to Dallas would make sense. History with Pavelski combined with Stars needing center cover with Sagan injury. Stars also one of the teams he would have waived no trade to in season. If he's interested in a bargain deal, Stars could make it work. Now, Kenneth, this is in reference, obviously, to Joe Thornton, Jumbo Joe, longtime San Jose Sharks forward. That is currently actually playing in Sweden, which is his, as I've read, his kind of home away from home that he's played in that league a number of times for that team. I think it's uh, HC Davos or Davos. Not sure how yeah, something how like to that. pronounce yeah, yeah. it. Hopefully one of our Swedish listeners uh, can tell us. Uh, he, he's played for that team a number of times during lockouts. I actually read on, on a story on The Athletic that he met his wife over in Switzerland a few years ago. So he's over there right now working to get ready for next season. And But he said that he still wants to come back to the NHL. Now here's the problem. He wants to win a Stanley Cup. And San Jose, at the at the moment, Kenneth, is not in a position to compete for a Stanley Cup, yeah. at least for the yeah. next couple of years. So... Yeah. The idea out there that's been that's been brought up is, you know, the San Jose Sharks are looking to bring him back. Patrick Marlowe already re-signed, and they've been longtime teammates as well, and he knows the organization well. Toronto Maple Leafs reportedly been knocking on his door. The Athletics, the Athletic has reported on that extensively. James Myrtle and Pierre LeBrun as well. And now Sean throwing out, and this of course is just a thought from Sean, but saying that this could be a fit for the Stars, Kenneth, if they were to, if Thornton were to agree to a bargain deal, which you're assuming potentially less than a million dollars for a one-year deal. Yeah. But that it could be a fit. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, if I, I'm trying to think back. I know we've mentioned him before. I don't know if we've mentioned him just in a conversation. We mentioned him at the deadline. Or, 
Because there was okay, talk. I, that's yeah. what that's what I'm thinking. That of. was the yeah, talk. That's what I'm thinking of. So, so it's it is it's a fit. It is, and especially like Sean said, with with the potential that Tyler Sagan's going to miss some time. There's potentially a, a need for a center, um, depending on what they want to do. They could fill that internally, but the, you, if you feel it internally, you're kind of gambling on maybe some some a little bit of unproven talent potentially, or or at least you're you're having to rearrange guys in positions maybe they're not aren't their ideal spots and so we talked about if you can avoid that that's what you want to do you want to avoid shuffling all your lines to accommodate one one person being out right. um and so you you look at Joe Thornton and you go okay veteran 41 years old Josh he was the first overall pick in the 1997 NHL draft oh my gosh. for those of you I was keeping score at home you and I yeah for yeah for, exactly <laughs> yes that's who. That's when Josh and I were born. We were we were um, sleeping. <laughs> we were probably asleep during the draft, Kenneth. We were about a month old, probably month and two months old. But so, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. So he's he's obviously he's been in the league for a very very long time. But he's still a fairly effective player when you look at what he's produced in terms of points. Last year, 2018-2019, at 39 years old, he was a 51 point scorer in 73 games. That would be with a plus eight. Two rating, years Josh. ago, technically. Two years ago, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I'm not. When I say last year, I still count this as part of the 2019-20 right. season yeah, yeah. because we don't know when the 2020-21 it's season will start. It's okay. But in 2019-20, 70 games played, 31 points. He was a minus 19. San Jose was not an amazing, amazing team yes. though, so that can be factored in a little bit as well. But you look at you look at some of his some of the other stats around him. You look at like his uh, Josh, his Corsi four at even strength, above 50 percent. Um, so he, he's still fairly effective in, in puck possession. His time on ice has dropped over the past couple of seasons down to around 15 and a half minutes per game. You might even see that drop a little bit more in the, in the upcoming year. But he's still he's roughly 50% from the faceoff dot he had. He's been above 50% every year of his career until 2019-20. Finished at 49.4%, so still good in the faceoff dot. He's still got the creative touch. He's a great he's a great creator for other t- players. It's an interesting fit. It would have to be, I think, a circumstance of him going, I'm willing to take less money than I could get to go to the Dallas Stars and and, and play for the Western Conference champs and, and hopefully you know join forces with a, with a talented team and get to the postseason. Because I think there's some other areas, other teams probably will offer him a little bit more um, on a one-year deal even just because I think he's still a, a decent producer um, and maybe a team that, that is looking to just take a flyer, maybe a fringe playoff team would go, hey, we got a little cap space, let's throw you know a million and a half or something like that at Joe Thornton, see if we can get him in the door um, and see if he makes a difference. But if he's willing to take that pay cut, I, I think the Stars might be interested. We Obviously, this is just kind of hypothesizing at this point, but it's a fit that makes sense. It really is, and it, it's a fit that could work. Obviously, you know, the Stars are pretty good in terms of center depth right now, you've got Joe Pavelski, you've got Jason Dickinson, Erratic Fox, all natural centers, Rope Hints. Also, plays center and wing very well, very effective in both positions, but has played a lot of center in his first two seasons with the Stars. So the center depth seems to be there, but at the same time, along with Tyler Sagan, who, as we've mentioned before, will have surgery on a torn labrum in his hip hopefully here in the next couple of weeks, and essentially a four- to five-month recovery. So assuming the NHL starts on January 1st, that seems as though he'll miss at least the first month and a half, two months of the regular season. 
But regardless, it does seem like a fit that could work, Kenneth. And you know, as you said, Stars are still working on cap space right now. They've got $6,657,969, according to Cap Friendly at the moment. Then you add in seven hundred dollars for Joel Hanley's salary. You're assuming that he's going to be on the roster next year after a strong playoff performance. That takes you down to $5,957,969. And then... As we've heard some rumblings about Rope Hintz and Denis Gryanov's contracts, assuming those two might equate for somewhere around 5 to 5.2, 5.3 million in terms of their two deals, Kenneth, that puts you down in about 700 to 800,000 left, left to spend. And so if you could get him on a Mark Pizik style deal, you might be able to make it work. If not, you might have to do some gymnastics, but you could still probably make it work. Jim Nil is efficient when it comes to working with the cap and making sure he doesn't overspend, but also finding ways to make things fit and make things work. The question is, if he wants to be a fit, Kenneth, he may not even want to come back to the NHL at this point. He, The report is that he's still open to the idea, uh, you know, as, as James Myrtle reported on The Athletic, Thornton has made some noise in the past about wanting to close out his career in Switzerland, and he still may. The only question is if uh, there's a different coda to his NHL career, one with a team other than the Sharks, after more than 1,100 games in San Jose. You know, he was upset about how last season ended. He did not get traded at the deadline to a cup contender and spent that final two weeks before the pandemic shut down the league. Spent those final two weeks at with the Sharks, who were in last place in the Pacific Division. And it's actually Davos or Davos HC, Kenneth. Not HC, Davos or Davos. Davos HC. So and we're, he's actually, fun fact, he's played for them on two different occasions correct. as well. Yes. And and so there's still a lot of moving parts on that, Kenneth. And the, the reports that the Maple Leafs have reached out to him, that they've, you know, have started some talks with him, but still a whole lot to be decided. And if the Stars were looking and could find a way to make it fit, there's always a chance. And it would be interesting to see the dynamic, you know, bring him and Joe Pavelski together for one last run at his Stanley Cup. There's a lot of intriguing storylines, but you also have to keep the realistic sense about you and make sense or make sure that it makes sense for your franchise, not only this season, but moving forward as well. So plenty to keep an eye on. The UFA market, you know, still very much open and still very much rolling right along, Kenneth, certainly at a much slower pace than we've been used to in the past. But through a week, still some names out there on the board, including Corey Perry. And we can talk about Corey Perry later on in the week, Kenneth, um, depending on if he could be in a situation like Joe Thornton, where you're just looking for a veteran minimum deal to make a run at a cup. Plenty more to talk about. But at the moment, Kenneth, Jim Neal has said the priority is get signed Hintz and Garyanov and then see what's left over and see what still can be done after signing those players. So don't really, I wouldn't expect, but this is Jim Neal, I wouldn't expect you to see any moves made before Hensinger-Yanov get re-signed, but we'll see. Plenty more to talk about on that front, plenty more to dig into, and that's why we've got more episodes coming down the pipeline in the weeks and months to come as we get ready for the 2020-2021 season. But until then, that's about all we've got for this Thursday episode. Kenneth, any final thoughts for us before we close out? Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Stars. Make sure to follow us on our personal accounts at Kenneth underscore Nash nineteen at Josh underscore Clark zero two and hit subscribe if you haven't already. So we show up in your feed every single day. 
Wow, that was even more. That was even quicker than usual. I'm impressed. That's because we're five minutes over. Shh, don't mention it. They maybe they won't notice. But anyways, uh, have a happy Thursday. Hope you're staying safe. Hope you're staying healthy. Hope you're well. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Your locked on stars. Your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 